The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, oh boy, we have never in an NBA season had 26 teams that could make the playoffs with 10 games or less to go. Well, we've eliminated a few teams, but it's still mass chaos. We're here to fill you in on where it stands right this second. We also get into C.J. McCollum saving the Warriors season. Our dubs, you don't say. We also go into a ton of info around the league, including more referee drama, the latest Tim Bontemps straw poll, which is the MVP race. Newest votes are out. And LeBron James doing more for his community. Damn, there's so much to go over right now. Nick, it's exciting times. Opening day in baseball. Not that that matters for this podcast, but there's lots to be excited about. Drop that generic ass beat. This should be Rihanna. All right, so we got to start the episode with where things stand in the West. It is chaos. It is time for the cleaning lady to come over. And take out our trash. Um, There's two weeks left. There's 26 teams that can make the play-in or the playoffs, which is just surreal. And all these arbitrary rules could possibly stop these teams from tanking, and they have. The biggest event, of course, that has changed recently, the biggest update, is the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, for the first time in a gajillion years, put a hurting on the Blazers G League lineup to the tune of a 40-point win. For the first time in 16 years, the Kings clinch on that beam as the three seed. Warm me up on that beam, baby. As everyone knows, we've been talking about the Kings, been excited about the Kings all year. A lot of people thought that they would falter, but they did not collapse. They actually got better as the season went on. And now... They're not just only going to the playoffs or the play-in. They'll host at least the first round. It speaks to, one, how good Mike Brown has been. 
He's obviously coach of the year, hands down. But really just how the ownership has changed and how that ownership has changed the entire dynamic of this franchise. Vivek Randavi, Randy Vay, it's hard to say. Learned a lot, obviously, as an owner. He had Luke Walton, got Luke Walton the fuck out, made sure to get a competent head coach to come in for him, put the organization in the hands of a bunch of people who knew what they were doing, like Monty McNair, and all of a sudden, a couple of good trades, a couple of good draft picks, and boom, you are a good team. Just like that. Playoff time. So Tom Ziller, the thing that I think is really interesting is because people talk about, oh, this is a 16-year playoff drought. But it's sort of, and Tom Ziller, check him out if you don't know him, Tom Ziller wrote an article about just how that undersells, understates how bad the Kings have had it in the last 16 years. Because it's not that they just missed the playoffs for 16 straight years. Seven of those 16 years, they were under siege. The Maloof organization, the Maloofs, as a family, as an ownership group of the Kings, tried to actively move the Kings out of Sacramento for like, Almost a decade. Seven straight years. You had mayors getting involved. You had the cities rioting. Fan base putting up flyers. Seven years this dude tried to move the team. Tried to move it to Anaheim. They wouldn't sell to an owner that would say on purpose, we're going to keep it in Sacramento. Maloof wouldn't sell to that person. So to, to call it just a playoff drought is... Sort of spitting in the face of how bad it was. Then you enter Vivek. He has this plan to rebuild the team, even though we all know it didn't work at first. Hired Luke Walton. Hey, we get some Mulligan. He looked like he was going to be a good coach. Obviously, was under Steve Kerr's tutelage. Vivek obviously likes some Steve Kerr. Mike Brown coming from the Steve Kerr tree as well. But when we look back, things started to turn around when Vivek built Golden 1 in 2016. Here's what he said about what Golden 1 means. Listen, we're not just going to build an arena. I want to build the best that's ever been built. He told this to Carmichael Dave recently in an interview. He explained he got the idea of the purple beam from airplanes. What if we add purple lights on the roof? When I'm flying, then I can tell that the kings are in the house. What a baller. He just wanted a, like a bat signal to know whether the Kings were in the building or not. He said, I had this idea that people used to gather around a fire in the Middle Ages. They used to gather around cathedrals. The arena is the 21st century cathedral. So the Purple Beam is an outgrowth of making the Golden One the center of Sacramento. That's incredible. What an amazing analogy. De'Aaron Fox, also the Golden One Center, we've talked about this before. I just want to stamp it again. Top three arena in the NBA. If I could create an arena that wasn't Madison Square Garden, because Madison Square Garden is just different. Let's be honest, Madison Square Garden is also pretty old. But if I could create an arena from scratch, Golden One would be the blueprint. Purple beam and all. The glass atrium, the bar up top, the standing room only down to the court. The fact that you can see the court when you enter the building, like stadium vibe, like Roman Coliseum vibe, lit. Anyway, Deeran Fox explains what it was like to snap this playoff uh, drought. Uh, it feels great, man. Um, like I said, I think just uh, coming into it, knowing that that was kind of a burden, um, 
that you wanted to just get off your chest. Um, I'm definitely grateful to be a part of that. But like I said, uh, ever since Mike's gotten here and just the talent that we brought in, the guys that we brought in, um, everybody has you know bigger aspirations than that. But uh, it definitely feels great. It definitely feels great to be a part of that. So Sacramento's in. Top three seeds are in. Nuggets, one. Grizz, two. Kings, three. Right? Rest of the West, completely unclear. Complete chaos. Let's look at what's going on currently and what's going on with their remaining schedules. First and foremost are the Phoenix Suns. They have a half a game lead right now for the final home playoff spot. Kevin Durant is back. Kevin Durant, for uh, as an aside, had 16 in 29 minutes last night. Big win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. But it is a brutal schedule for the Phoenix Suns. Down the stretch, they have six games left against the Nuggets. Two games against the Nuggets. Game against the Thunder. Game against the Clippers. A game against the Lakers and the Spurs. So just one gimme game against the San Antonio Spurs. Brutal. Number five, Clippers currently in the five spot. Half a game behind the Suns. Nipping on their heels. Playing really, really good basketball right now. Ty Lue just moved Nick Batum to the five spot. He just brought one of the Morris brothers from the starting lineup, bringing his ass onto the bench. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They just had an amazing win against the Memphis Grizzlies without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard. Russ, for whatever reason, has taken on a new role. Not the, the bench one. It's a new, new role. It's a, it's a rebounding role. Five left with the Grizz, Pels, Lakers, Blazers, and Suns. Uh, rough, except for the Blazers. Number six spot, Warriors. They're one game behind the Clippers for the fifth seed. One and a half games behind the Suns. Unlikely to catch the Suns. They could steal the five seed. There's five games left to go for the Warriors. The Nuggets, Kings, OKC Thunder, and then you've got two Cupgate games, Spurs and Blazers. Hmm. Wolves currently out of nowhere in the seventh spot. Remember, we thought we, they might even miss the plan. One game behind Golden State for the sixth seed and to avoid the plan. Five left, easiest schedule of the bunch. Lakers, Blazers, Nets, Spurs, and Pelicans. Lakers, one and a half games behind Golden State with six left to play. So they're teeter-tottering on missing the playoffs and being a play-in team. Two times against the Jazz, Wolves once, Rockets once, Clippers once, Suns once. Rough. Feels like the Lakers are a play-in team, doesn't it? It really does. At least if they're the 8 seed or the 7 seed, they only have to win one game in order to get in. The 9 seed, Pelicans, a half a game behind the Lakers, one behind the Wolves, which is why that Pelicans loss last night to the Warriors is so stunning. They need every win they can get. Every team in the West needs every win they can get. They've got six games left. They face the Clippers, the Warriors, but also four bad teams, Spurs, Hornets, Rockets, and Blazers. Actually, I think they've got the easiest schedule of the bunch. They could win four of those six games pretty easily. And they're going to want probably some revenge against the Warriors. And then the 10 spot, the Thunder, half a game behind the Pels. They've got five games remaining. Pacers, Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Grizz. Probably two easy games out of those. I could see them beating the Warriors. I could see them beating actually all of these teams but not every single one. And then if you want to talk about the outside looking in, the Mavericks, whoa, game out of 11th, or game out of 10th, excuse me, and in the 11th spot. They face the Heat, 
Hawks, Kings, Bulls, and Spurs. So it's close for them, too. And finally, in the 12 spot is Jazz. They're at one and a half games out of the 10th spot. They face the Lakers twice, the Celtics once, the Nets once, OKC once, and Denver once. Feels like the Jazz are done. I think we can kind of put them in a suitcase, pack them up, and send them home. It is absolute chaos. I am really, really looking forward to see how this all shakes out. The first round is going to be a doozy. There's going to be fireworks. Every day you have to Google NBA standings. I've never done that in my life. Every day something changes. The Thunder sitting there in the 10 spot, I think they were six two days ago. One win with a couple of losses for your cohorts boosts you up the standings and vice versa as well. Will the Warriors move up to five? Will the Lakers get a home game in the play-in? Will the Mavs miss the playoffs? All these are such crazy questions, and we probably won't know the answers until the very last day of the season. And NBA fans, that is exactly what Adam Silver wants, and it's pretty damn awesome. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a, there's a reason I don't uh, speak ill of the Warriors. There is. I don't know if you think that I'm some sort of lifelong Warriors fan and all I do is big them up and talk about how good Steph Curry is and how Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer or don't worry about what Andrew Wiggins has got going on in his personal life, stay out of it. Steve Kerr's one of the best coaches of our generation. Like, I don't say that because I want them to succeed. You don't think I haven't noticed that they haven't been playing well all season? You don't think I'm watching these games? You don't think I haven't seen that they have one of the worst records on the road in basketball? Like, you don't think I think that's a problem? You don't think that? You don't think I don't see it? You think I just want them to succeed? No. The reason that I praise them is because I want them to stay asleep. Complacency is the enemy of excellence and I don't want the Warriors to be excellent that's facts and I know that me talking badly about them is only going to give them motivation did somebody not tell CJ McCollum that because CJ McCollum acts like 
he's never been on the receiving end of Warriors vitriol before. Little rewind machine. CJ McCollum and the Portland Trailblazers were up 15 points every single game in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, and they lost every single one of them. They were swept. CJ McCollum should know fucking better. They have been peacefully slumbering all year. They are razor thin to being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And they, against the Pelicans, were down 20 in a crucial game, and they didn't seem to mind. So why the fuck did C.J. McCollum decide he wanted to start chirping at Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Dante DiVincenzo when he was up 20? The best revenge on the Warriors is to say absolutely nothing, pound them, tell the world how good they are and how they're going to be okay, pack up your shit and call your wife and be like, yo, we're about to eliminate the Warriors. Okay, so this is what happened. Wednesday night, like I said, they're up 20. Pelicans are hitting threes. Golden State sleepwalking. Season's on the brink. CJ's chirping. And now Marcus Thompson breaks it down like this. McCollum might have saved the Warriors' season because Draymond became a madman and woke the Warriors up on a run you've never seen since, I don't know, last year when they did it a million times. The Warriors were on the brink, so it felt. A few admitted it so much after the game. Two nights after brutal mistakes down the stretch cost them a critical game against Minnesota, they were down 20 to New Orleans. What are you doing, CJ? So he's chirping. Dre decides enough is enough. He starts hammering the Pelicans left and right. Body checks Brandon Ingram like he's playing hockey. Gets a flagrant, one hard foul away from being tossed. So why did he get so mad? At, at the point, I'm going to put myself out there, and then I hope that the guys will back me up, he said. And if they don't back me up, our season's over anyway. That was the most important game for the Warriors' season, and C.J. McCollum decided to give them extra motivation like he was some muse. I've been a muse before for the Warriors. Remember, 9-1? It doesn't feel good when they use your content or your chirping to motivate them to excel in your face. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Draymond and at halftime lit a fire under the Warriors, most notably Steph, comes out in the third quarter like vintage Steph Curry. All of a sudden, a 20-point lead turned into a four-point lead in like a minute. That's what they do. You piss them off, you turn around, and the lead is gone. Not only is the lead gone, now you're down. And they're still talking shit. They were talking shit down 20, and now they're talking shit up five, and now you're quiet. Steph hit three threes in 75 seconds. Think about that. Three threes in 75 seconds at the end of the third quarter. A 28-footer, a 32-footer, and a 27-footer. Those are really long threes. Those are really, really long ones. And all of a sudden, just like that, your lead is gone. Stop talking shit to the Warriors. And that was that. When Steph does that, they're not beatable. And the funny thing is, it's like not Brandon Ingram coming at Draymond. 
or CJ chirping Steph that was the tipping point. It was actually CJ barreling through new player on the team, Dante DiVincenzo. Fine player. Fine player, but not him. Like he was a straight blocking dummy that sealed the deal. Dante, very mild-mannered kid. Doesn't want any smoke. Just wants to play basketball. He looks at McCollum. He's like, yo, why are you taking this out on me? I wasn't even trying to be the tough guy. I'm just trying to hoop. I'm just trying to win games. He runs over to Draymond. He's like, yo, let's get these guys. I, I was ready to just be a part of this. Now I'm leading the charge as well. And you know what? Everyone rallied around Dante DiVincenzo because you're not about to body our guy. You're not about to bully our role player. Insane. Now the sleeping giant has been awoken. I'm sorry, CJ. Uh, it's all your fault. When they win the title, it will be because of you. They will probably give you an honorary ring because you helped save the Warrior season. You're more important right now than our man 12th on the bench, Anthony Lamb. You are. Bill freaking Simmons' story yesterday was that the Warriors are going to ditch Draymond and he's going to go to the Dallas Mavericks. By the way, that's a lie, just a straight lie. But also, we need to really step back and say, if Draymond or Jordan Poole are leaving this, this team, by the way, Jordan Poole had an excellent game last night, it's Jordan Poole. Draymond Green is the second most important player on this Warriors team. If you're a car, the Warriors are a car, Draymond Green is the engine of the car. Steph Curry is the transmission of the car. What is Klay Thompson? The tires. What is Jordan Poole? The sunroof. Jordan Poole is the sunroof. Awesome to have. Definitely a luxury that you want. Do you need a fucking sunroof? Absolutely not. Am I paying $15,000 more for this car because of a sunroof? No. If the sunroof doesn't get along with the engine, sorry, sunroof, you got to go. Championship back on, folks. Thanks to C.J. McCollum. Couldn't you just leave good enough alone? Our dubs are going to be just fine. Just like I said, championship caliber team. I'm the only one that's been riding with them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So out in Boston, we talked last week, I think, about Jalen Brown. 
She did an interview with Logan Murdoch. Uh, Logan Mur- Murdoch works for The Ringer. In it, JB, obviously, we talked about this, talked a lot of shit about his teammates, about uh, just the world in general, about the organization as a whole. He wasn't really shit-talking his teammates, but he was definitely talking about the organization. It was a little salacious. There were pointed barbs launched at some of the coaching decisions that have been made, some of the organizational decisions that have been made, whether uh, Jason Tatum was hanging out with Kevin Durant too much when his name was circulating in trade rumors. And now, which is very surprising to me because Jalen Brown is the type of player that and person that I thought would stand 10 to- toes down on his comments and say, yeah, I said it. He is now walking it all back. Very disappointing. He was asked in his post-game presser about some of the comments coming out of the article And if you recall, included lots of quotes from other people, including teammates like Tatum, friends like Kyrie. Very detailed, very well-sourced article, and apparently not well enough sourced for Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown had this to say. Uh, In terms of speculation, etc., I can't speculate on anything above what I'm doing right now. I think sometimes when people write articles, they get taken out of context, especially when writers have their own agendas or whatever. For me personally, I'm thinking about clarifying some of the things that have been recently said. But other than that, I'm just focused on my team. I'm focused on playing basketball and winning games. Oh, boy. What exactly uh, are you looking to clarify? Nothing right now, he says. Right now, the only thing I want to clarify is that the Celtics need to play better and win more games. If I want to say something in the future about the kind of things that have been floating around, I will. But in terms of right now... I like when people hear things from the horse's mouth and you can see my reaction, my face, and everything how I feel about how I'm saying. Sometimes those things can get lost in translation, you know? So if I feel the need to do so, I will. I keep in constant communication with my teammates and my organization, and we've got to have everybody on board if we want to do what we say we want to do. So right now I'm focused on that. It's almost like Jalen Brown doesn't know how the media works. Hey, We're going to get your thoughts from your mouth in spoken word form. Those are going to come out in written word form. And when you say things, even if they sound nice, when you put them in print, they definitely sound worse. Always. Always, always, always. This is a guy who maybe should do some more interviews so he knows how articles are going to come out. Yes, they get spun in the direction that a writer wants to write. You think they're just going to put your quotes up and be like, hey, here's what Jalen Brown has to say. Boom. That's it. Nothing. No opinions. No context. No setup. No conclusion. No substantiating information. Nothing. You don't think he's going to point out that Kanye West did all this crazy shit that you were aligned with him and you didn't want to fire him? Yeah, he did that. So... It also sounds like a guy who's like getting a lot of advice from people being like, hey, uh, if you want that Supermax deal, if you get all NBA and they don't offer you that Supermax deal, you better pack your bags and think about going to Atlanta or wherever is the other teams that you think about going. Because uh, if they don't think you're all in, they're not all in. He also did not feel the need to say that anything reported was false. So that's interesting. Uh <laughs> including his disappointment with the way that he was dangled as trade bait. He didn't say anything about that. All of this, though, just puts more pressure on the Celtics in the offseason and in the postseason. If they get flamed out early and he doesn't get all NBA and he doesn't get that Supermax deal, 
the patience from Jalen Brown might just wear out and shit might just hit the fan. One of the main themes of the second half of this season is is charting just how very, very angry players are against the referees. That's the theme of the year, I think. 2023, 2022, 2023, the year of I hate refs. The year of refs done fucked up. The year of do we need to take this to robo-ref. The year of let's call out refs by name. The year of do we need to be fining refs uh, and looking into their bank accounts to see if they're betting on games. It reached a tipping point, of course, when Fred Van Fleet called out Ben Taylor by name, saying that he was terrible. It then went to a new place when uh, Mark Dagno called out refs, Donovan Mitchell called out refs, Marcus Smart called out refs. The league, obviously, ref problem. The latest now to weigh in, and I'm starting to come around on him, is uh, Rudy Gobzilla Gobert. The best nickname. After um, a very sketchy night of, of refereeing where the Wolves lost to the Suns, if you saw it, it looked uh, very one-sided. He unloaded after the game. He said, it's not fair. It's really not fair every night. I've been in this league for 10 years, and I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. But it's uh, hard for me to think they're not trying to help the Suns win tonight. It's hard for me to think they didn't try to help the Warriors win the other night or Sacramento the other night. It's just so obvious. A basketball player that's been in the league for this long, it's disrespectful. It's almost like Rudy Gobert believes that the NBA does not want a small market team like the Minnesota Timberwolves in the playoffs, and they would prefer teams like Sacramento, nice feel-good story, Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant, L.A. Lakers with Anthony Davis, Warriors with Steph Curry, to be in over them. Yeah, I think that's probably true. This also came on top of a rant earlier this month where he told The Athletic, yeah, I get hit in the face every night, and uh, no one ever gets a flagrant called on them. It's crazy. No, it's not crazy because Rudy Gobert got called for five fouls, four of them on the offensive side, which helped the Suns overcome a 10-point-plus deficit and then win a game in a, as we said, a very, very tight Western Conference. And he laid it all out at the end of the press conference. He said, we understand we're not the biggest of markets, and we're a team that I think you want to see Kevin Durant in the playoffs, Steph Curry in the playoffs. You want to see LeBron James in the playoffs. The Timberwolves are just not there yet. How many players are going to have to say something before the league does something? The answer might not be what we want it to be because Gobert and Fred Van Fleet are right. The league maybe does want big market teams in the playoffs that are not named the Toronto Raptors and the Minnesota Timberwolves at the expense of them. Stranger things have happened, but I think that's probably right. All right, let's move on. Probably the, the biggest storyline other than refs that's uh, not happening on the court this year has to do with the MVP race. There are six games left, and no one seems to know what they want to do with the MVP. We are probably headed towards the closest MVP vote in the history of the award. And it's not close. It's not close. I think 22 right now, 22 votes, is the slimmest margin between MVP 
uh, winner and MVP runner-up. So the latest straw poll came out today. And that's Tim Bontemps from ESPN. And just when we all kind of thought Embiid was going to overwhelmingly take it, we got a wrinkle because Embiid sat, sat out a couple of big games and the Sixers lost some big ones. James Harden, as we'll talk about a little later, has been injured. And for all intents and purposes, we now have a dead heat on our hands. So the straw poll is ESPN's informal polling of votes on the MVP race. And right now, if you can believe it, there are just two points separating Embiid and Jokic. 790 and 788. That's insane. That is crazy. To think that we can get this far in the season and that people still don't know who they think that they want to vote for. And this actually, they talked about this with Tim Bontemps. They said, hey, maybe you should just ask me after the season is over. Because a lot can change in six games. Jokic actually leads in first place votes, 42 to 40. But the joker, the wild card in this race is Giannis. Giannis is the fly in this ointment. Giannis is the third party candidate, the Ralph Nader, if you will, fucking with the 2000 presidential election all over again. He's got 18 first place votes. Does anyone actually think Giannis is going to win this award? No. Stop voting for Giannis then. You know it's a two-man award, okay? Don't vote for Jason Tatum. Don't vote for Giannis. That is enough to swing it in either direction for sure. If those 18 votes had to be decided and sent to either Embiid or Jokic, maybe it would be a little bit more clear. Embiid finished second on 45 ballots as opposed to 39 ballots for Jokic which is why he has such a a narrow lead. And personally, I don't have any idea how it's going to shake out. I don't think Vegas knows. Vegas keeps changing the lines every single day, depending on which player has the more dominant performance night to night. But I do know one thing. Giannis will play spoiler. Are we headed for a recount? Are we headed for we're only voting for these two? Is the Supreme Court going to have to step in? So many questions. The one thing that we know for sure is that this thing can still be won by Jokic or Embiid. Maybe Ralph Nader? Maybe even Giannis? They said maybe. Either way, closest, most entertaining, most controversial, most heated MVP race in league history. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Check back Friday for an all-new episode. Do not forget to peep the feed for past interviews and episodes. Bonus episodes do drop unexpectedly throughout the week, so make sure you're checking your feed. Please follow us. Uh, We are almost to the playoffs. Download, subscribe, tell all your friends, rate, review. Tell any friend that you know that uh, is okay with cursing and wants to hear about the NBA. Follow us on the social uh, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Heat check is not sleeping, and neither should you. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>